Welcome to the Pro Aging Podcast. I'm Steve Gurney, founder of the Positive Aging Community. We're excited that you can join us for our interactive discussions with pioneers and thought leaders on a wide variety of topics related to aging and longevity. We're able to bring these discussions to you along with copies of the Positive Aging Sourcebook thanks to the support of our Positive Aging Community Champions. Visit ProAging.com to connect with them and find hundreds of other resources. Today we had a live and interactive discussion that explored the challenges of dental health for older adults, and it also spotlighted two innovative solutions. We are speaking with Dr. Seth Dubin of District Mobile Dental and Alec Rogers of Truthbrush. So let's jump into an informative discussion with Dr. Dubin and Alec. And I want to bring in our streaming audiences. Okay, just give me a moment here. All right. So today's discussion is dental health and older adults. And one of our hottest topics of discussion are around specific healthcare concerns, whether it be hearing loss, vision loss, memory care, um, mobility issues. And I am really uh, a little bit uh, bummed out that we have not addressed this topic of dental health in older adults yet, yet. And so I'm thrilled to be able to bring you a panel today on this topic, specifically addressing some real innovations in this space. And uh, uh, I have to say, we've, we've got today, in addition to just having an overall discussion on dental health, uh, you're going to learn about two innovative uh, offerings that are out there that can help make dental care more accessible to older adults. Um, but I'm going to give the credit to why we're having this discussion today to our first panel member, uh, which is Alec Rogers, with a really neat innovation called Truthbrush that I've been, been using for about a month. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to meet the team at District Mobile Dental. But don't worry, folks, we have an actual dentist with us today as well, who we're going to meet in a moment. Um, but Alec, since you brought this topic to my attention, let's meet you first, and then we'll meet the team at District Mobile Dental. So Alec, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Steve. Uh, and thanks so much for the opportunity to join you and your community on on, uh, on today's call. Uh, so my name is Alec Rogers, and uh, I, after a, a career of about 20 years, really in the preventative oral care uh, space, um, most recently with uh, a couple of partners, very talented team of technologists, uh, I've looked to really take that next step in what is helping people improve their at-home preventative oral care behaviors. Uh, so that may be kind of a fancy way of talking about teeth brushing, um, but more importantly, it's about leveraging and deploying innovative technologies um, to help everyone just do a better job of taking care of their oral health. Uh, and that's what we're doing at Truthbrush. So look forward to showing you and telling you a little bit more about that in a second. Okay, cool. All right. And then let's meet the District Mobile Dental team. 
we've got uh, Jacqueline and Dr. Dubin. Jacqueline, let me let you go first. Uh, tell us about your role at District Mobile Dental and how did you get involved with this innovative company? Whoops, uh, unmute. There you go. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I'm Jacqueline. I'm with District Mobile Dental. I'm the CEO. Um, we've been doing this for almost 13 years, and I've been in the dental field for about 15. Um, we really saw a great need for mobile dental services with our grandfathers as they started to age, um, specifically with dementia, and that sort of sparked this idea. Now we're serving D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And I'm Dr. Dubin. He's our dentist, so I will let him go ahead and introduce himself. Yeah, so Dr. Dubin, I'm really charged up that you were able to make it uh, to this call today. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and what do your fellow dentists think of uh, the fact that you're in this non-traditional practice? Uh, I think a lot of them are always interested in it. I think they like hearing uh, different things about what I'm doing, just because it's a little different from what they're doing. But um, again, thank you for the opportunity uh, to come on here. I appreciate this. Um, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I uh, went to school at the University of Pennsylvania. And then after that, I did a residency in New York. Uh, after that, I kind of got a little bit more focused uh, towards the geriatric dentistry. Uh, I did some uh, special training uh, in advanced uh, disabilities training, as well as a certification in dementia um, training as well. So uh, after that, uh, I came back to the Maryland area uh, and got back into business uh, with my sister, who is Jacqueline, uh, and our father, who had started this business, as we had kind of, as Jacqueline was mentioning, um, there was a need for uh, uh, our own family to get uh, dental care. My dad was a dentist at the time. Uh, he was kind of, I think, getting frustrated with the fact that there wasn't really a service like this out there uh, that he could have his father and my mother's father uh, treated for their dental needs. And he kind of was just like, all right, this is crazy. I'm going to just go ahead and do this myself. And I think it kind of just grew from there into a business because obviously it was not something that was very um, out there often. So um, from there, we you know created this business. Uh, we see everybody, in the, as many people as we can, I should say, in the DMV area. Uh, we go into both private homes, group homes, uh, large assisted living facilities, uh, and it's not really just geared for geriatric patients. That's obviously who our you know niche and our focus is. But if there are individuals that are in a younger you know community that just don't either have the time or ability to get out, that's why I took the advanced uh, disabilities training. It's not just meant for geriatric patients with dementia or Parkinson's or otherwise. It can be used for patients you know that are special needs children and otherwise. So. Um, we can do a lot of different things. Um, so that's just kind of generally a little bit about me. I love it. And I had no idea that this was a true family business. What, what a cool story. Well, we're going to jump back to you here in a moment, but let's learn a little bit about Truthbrush. And I have to say, Alec, when it, you were introduced me to me by somebody else who's one, on one of these discussions, and you said, hey, we got this neat little product. And what we're seeing is we're seeing a lot of grandparents that are, you know, starting to introduce this to their, their kids and families doing this. And uh, I went on your website, which was really easy. And I got myself a truth brush. Uh, and what it is, folks, is it's this little device that you just, you can attach it to any toothbrush, whether it be manual or um, uh, electric. And uh, I am going to tell you all, I have, I realized I'm not the greatest person at brushing my teeth. I thought I was, but now 
I brush my teeth for two minutes at a time, three to four times a day, and I've got a record of it on my, um, my phone, and it encourages me to brush better. And I've got a, um, uh, an appointment with my dentist next week. I can't wait to share this with them because uh, this is truly telemedicine that, you know, the ability for my dentist to see how well I'm brushing my teeth, it, it's awesome. I'm going to shut up. Uh, Alec, if, if you want to give folks a, a, a little uh, demo of this product, I think it would be fantastic. Sure. Thanks, uh, Steve. And you know, that was a fantastic description. You know, no doubt about it. Um, at Truthbrush, we kind of started off uh, facing, you know, uh, one of the greatest challenges uh, that we see uh, in uh, overall health today, and that is, and the data doesn't lie. Steve, you're not, uh, you're not alone. The majority of, uh, of Americans are not brushing their teeth as Dr. Dubin would recommend. Um, so essentially, we still see one third of U.S. adults not brushing twice a day. Uh, the average U.S. adult is only brushing for 46 seconds. And when the average U.S. adult brushes, they're only covering three quarters of their mouth. Um, and that, of course, you know, helps contribute to some of the highest levels of incidences of cavities, as well as uh, uh, things like gingivitis that can lead to periodontal disease. And when you're a child, um, you know, that's an important time for you to uh, develop uh, uh, appropriate oral hygiene habits. But even as, a, as an adult, and once we reached advanced, advanced years, it's important to continue developing or further uh, improving those preventative care behaviors that become so much more important. Uh, there's an increasing amount of research that uh, links uh, the bacterial load in the oral cavity uh, to chronic diseases like cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And um, you know, again, I'm sure Dr. Dubin and Jacqueline can, can, uh, can give a few more data points, but as uh, the uh, elderly population in the US uh, uh, continues to age, what we see is an increasingly uh, high percentage of people with an increasingly large number of their natural teeth. Uh, and while that's great for nutrition, it does present incremental challenges like managing that bacterial load in their oral cavity. So oral health is, is very important. And what we've done with Toothbrush is we've looked to create perhaps the easiest to use activity tracker that's on the market that looks to one, first and foremost, it enables people to continue using their toothbrush of choice. So perhaps in the past, you might have to select uh, from an SKU that was provided by one of the uh, other brands in the market. With toothbrush, you're able to use any toothbrush, manual or electric, any brand, but most importantly, it's the one that works best for you. So maybe it's the handle ergonomics, it's the head size or the mouth feel of, um, uh, 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 of the bristles uh, that are important. And then second, what does Truthbrush do? Well, it, just as you were saying, Steve, and I'm gonna demo this here on the screen right now. Um, after each and every brushing event, not only do we uh, deliver immediately uh, those uh, uh, oral care diagnostics, so essentially a kind of a quick report on how you've done, um, but we also are delivering things like AI-generated professional tips and recommendations so that you're able to do a little bit better job each and every time. So this is a quick demo of our app. Uh, it works with Apple and Android phones. And, and again, our tracking device enables you to immediately see after each and every brushing event uh, how you've done. So on this last one that I did a little bit earlier today, 
Um, I'm going to pretend or say that uh, I tried to mess up a little bit so that you could see a few more data points. Uh, but in reality, maybe I was just brushing a little too quickly. But you see very quickly uh, a score in terms of how I did. A couple of kind of motivating commentary about, uh, you know, overall, I got an 89. Uh, not too bad. It's almost an A. Uh, you can easily see the areas where perhaps I didn't spend as much time as I should. So in those lingual quadrants on the right hand side. And then that little professional tip here saying, hey, make sure that uh, you do cover all areas of your mouth. I can see my brushing duration. I can see my movements. And so I think I was a little bit hurried this time. I wasn't paying a lot of attention. You can see 75% of my strokes were uh, those horizontal kind of caveman side to side brushing versus the circular or up and down that uh, I know I should be doing. Um, so after each and every brushing event, you'll see uh, a report similar to this. You can go back and see all of uh, your events over time. Um, more interestingly, this is a multi-tenant app, which means you as a user, you can see how you're doing. You can see how other family members are doing that are linked to the same account. And then Steve, exactly as you said, with just a couple of clicks, you're able to share your data with your dentist. And the idea is here going forward, we're empowering dentists to be able to pair chair side observation with historical behavioral data for better, more personalized, customized care plans. And then lastly, we're thrilled to announce uh, partnerships with uh, leading health insurance and dental insurance companies like Humana, as well as Humana Medicare Advantage. And here it's the exact same partnership. We're looking to enable people uh, to um, uh, share their data with, their, uh, with uh, family members, with people, providers, and payers to help create more compelling, more uh, engaging intervention programs to help support, again, just better preventative oral care at home. I love it. Uh, and, and I know, Jacqueline, you became a user of this as well. And weren't you like in shock that, you know, how I was not brushing two minutes at a time. It's only two minutes. But um, and it, all it took was that first week of seeing those reports to make me a more efficient, uh, uh, you know, toothbrusher or truth brusher, I should say. Whoops. Oh, you're. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just like you. Um, I, I thought I was the best brusher. <laughs> um, and, you know, after I reviewed the data, there were definitely some things since then that I've been working on. Um, and it's just so cool because you can see it right there where you need to spend more time if you need to be brushing longer. Um, so I just, I love the product. I think it's been great. Um, and I think it'll be great moving forward for family members um, and patients. And, uh, you know, Dr. Dubin, like, you know, every time, I'm, every time I go to the dentist, the dentist says to me, uh, you really need to brush better. Uh, okay, you need to floss and this, that, and the other. And then, you know, I do it for a week or so. And then, I go, I, I'm sure I slid back into my old habits. And then a week before my next uh, appointment, I, I'm brushing and flossing like mad. Look, I think that's one of the things that jumps out to me about Alex's uh, uh, product is that, you know, for a dentist, I think one of the biggest and uh, hardest things with, you know, dealing with patients can be that a lot of patients are, uh, if they haven't developed a relationship with you, not always the most trusting. They don't, I don't want to say believe, but they are not really always willing to kind of jump on board with a treatment plan or otherwise. And I think, you know, when you can show them, hey, look, this is why some of these problems are coming about, then 
uh, visual aids, you know, help things click for people. So. Yeah. So this is great. All right. Well, number one, Alec, thank you for um, sharing this with us and getting this discussion going. Uh, and folks, I dropped in, it's Truthbrush. I dropped in a link there to, to this. Um, before we jump over to, um, uh, to Dr. Dubin and have a general uh, discussion on, on dental health for older adults, uh, we have a question about District Mobile Dental, and uh, it says, is District Mobile Dental able to provide extractions um, in a hospital setting due to medical concerns? And also, does District Mobile Dental take Medicaid? And I know we're diving into the weeds here with District Mobile, but I kind of want to do that to sort of spotlight this business and how it works and, and what are the limitations and what can y'all do? So I'll just touch on the first question. Jackie can handle the Medicaid one. But uh, as far as extractions go, most extractions on the road, we typically decline and we send out to an oral surgeon. It's just not really a safe setting. I know the question was specifically to a hospital setting. I don't have hospital privileges myself, uh, and I'm not certified to be able to put someone to sleep. Uh, so I can't do, I, I can work on someone that's been sedated, uh, but I can't do sedation dentistry myself. Um, so that's kind of a limiting factor when it comes to that. Okay. Uh, and Jackie can handle the Medicaid question. Yeah. And, and Jackie on the Medicaid question, I think this is one of the big challenges in dental care in general is most of our all's dental insurance is, does not cover all that much to begin with. Uh, but how, how does, how does this all work? Sure. Um, so we aren't in participation with insurance just due to the mobile aspect of our business, um, but we have a lot of patients who do have insurance and I help them through the reimbursement process. Usually it goes pretty simply that way. Okay. And and I, I don't want this to be, a, we could literally talk for an hour on Medicare and Medicaid, yeah. but is there reimbursement for dental care with Medicare and Medicaid? Uh, Medicare does not cover dental, um, as crazy as that is, there is not dental coverage. Medicaid, it's very minor coverage. Okay, great. Um, all right. Well, now, Dr. Dubin, uh, you've, I've got a slide deck that you provided me with. I'm ready to go for it. Okay, so let me share that screen. And what we're going to do is dive into just a, a higher level discussion on oral uh, health for older adults. Folks, if you got any questions or comments, uh, throw them into chat or Q&A or raise your hand and we'll address those. But let me uh, let me share your um, your slide deck here. And then you just say, uh, um, uh, um, tell me when to advance. And uh, Dr. Dubin, just so you know, uh, uh, Deborah wants us to talk about dry mouth if we can at some That's point. That's on my list here. Oh, I love it. Okay. All, All right. right. So uh, obviously, as uh, we were mentioning here, we are going to be discussing uh, just some general things about improving oral health for older patients. Some of my objectives today is, you know, why is this oral health important? Uh, what happens to our teeth generally as we're aging? Uh, some common oral health issues among older adults uh, and just some good ways to maintain good oral health uh, in these various settings. Okay. So some of the big things or reasons why improving or maintaining our oral health with the elderly uh, population is so important. 
uh, and not to just dismiss it and say, oh, well, you know, they're still eating and they're fine. And, you know, it's just one tooth. They still have the rest of their teeth. These are things we commonly hear, but uh, it's, it's, you're leaving them at a, def uh, at a decreased uh, capability, basically. So some of the other reasons why it's important, obviously, the more teeth they have, the more easily they're able to eat their food. Uh, thus giving them a better nutrition. The more nutrition they have, the better the balance, the nutrition is balanced, the more um, better their brain is going to function cognitively. The other thing that's good about having more teeth is that your natural appearance is more normal. So when you're smiling more often, you're increasing the amount of hormones in your body that both decrease blood pressure and increase your immune response. See, both of those things are gonna keep us healthier. The thing about having all of our sets of teeth Throughout our day, we don't really think about it because we're just using them and we don't, you know, we're just not as uh, conscientious of it. But our speech changes dramatically if we don't have our front teeth to make S sounds or we don't have certain teeth to make S sounds, things like that. Um, other than that, obviously, as our periodontal and our gum tissue health is better, we're going to have better breath. That increases the likelihood that these seniors uh, that are living in um, communities where there are other seniors with them are more social. Again, this goes back to. Uh, increasing good hormones throughout our body. The more social we are with everybody, the healthier we are mentally and physically. Um, and lastly, obviously, the most important part about this is our prevention. Preventing oral disease is going to lead to um, less teeth being lost, less gum disease. Uh, and if we have less gum disease, also known as periodontal disease, which I'm going to get to a chart in, at the end here, we're going to have a lot less problems with other things like heart disease, cancer, dementia, arthritis, and many other things uh, that are linked to gum disease, okay? Uh, you can go to the next one if you want. Nope. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong page. Uh, go back one, sorry. Uh, so just generally how our mouth changes. Uh, I know there was a question about uh, xerostomia, which is another fancy term for dry mouth, okay? Uh, dryness of the mouth uh, naturally can occur or most commonly in these settings uh, is because of medications that are uh, uh, common uh, with patients that are in uh, advanced settings. So the other thing that's going to be common with any person that has dry mouth is you're going to see a lot of advanced cavities in those areas. Things that you can use to try and aid those. A lot of people always mention about you know chewing and sucking on ice. I'm not crazy about those ideas, although it's a it is an option. It's one of my last options that I want to give to a patient because chewing on ice is really bad for your teeth. Quite honestly, nobody should be doing it, uh, and especially not elderly patients. But uh, if it's the only thing that they will do, it's better than nothing. Okay, uh, but there are a lot of good products made by a company called Biotine. They offer sprays, lozenges, uh, mouth rinses. Uh, and it's a great way to keep the mouth wet uh, and have more fluid in there so that you're not getting a lot of these cavities. Typically what happens when you have a lot of, uh, or when you have a very dry mouth, you end up with cavities all along the gum line where the teeth and the gum are meeting each other, which becomes very problematic in these settings because they start to dive underneath the gum tissue and without getting too far into it, we end up losing a lot of teeth because of cavities that are uh, developing like that, okay? Oh, Some well, of the hey, other changes that Dr. Dubin, I will um, stop wherever. Just stop me. Yeah, real quick. Um, what sure. was the name of that product that you talked about? Biotin, which is B-I-O-T-I-N. T-I-M. Okay, great. Just had a question about that. Okay. Okay, uh, and like I said, they have it in a bunch of different you know types of products. So 
Uh, if your loved one doesn't do well with a sprayer, they don't like to eat candies, there are other options to try and get that to them, okay? The other, the other thing is obviously just increased water uh, intake. The more water they're taking, the less dry their mouth is going to be, okay? Um, some other things that you're going to notice, obviously, as our mouths start to change, and this gets back to some of those root cavities that I was talking about before with the dry mouth. As we are aging, we know that our gum tissue is receding. Not only is our gum tissue receding, this gets into my next point, but our bone loss is dropping off of our teeth. If you think about uh, teeth like stakes in the ground or street signs, uh, the further our teeth are dug into the ground, the more stable they're going to be um, as we're aging. If our bone and our gum tissue starts to drop way far off of our teeth, our teeth are gonna start to become wiggly on us or mobile. And a lot of people think, you know, walking around, whether it's because their parents had dentures or whether it's just because they see people walking around dentures on the street, most people think that you end up in dentures because you have cavities all throughout your mouth and you, you know, have to have all your teeth taken out. The majority of people walk around with dentures because they haven't taken a, a care of the gum and bone tissue surrounding their teeth. The foundation has you know, been completely destroyed and the teeth are just so mobile that there's no way for you to save anything anymore. So you end up having to take everything out, redo the foundation and put dentures on top of it. Um, and that's really the, the worst thing that can happen. So uh, getting back to Alex's product, uh, flossing, brushing and everything else as our preventative measures are gonna prevent a lot of these things from happening, okay? Uh, and you can jump over to the next slide real quickly. This is just a quick uh, uh, visual aid. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with what periodontal disease is, it kind of goes through the different stages of periodontal disease, uh, both from healthy all the way to an advanced periodont periodontitis. And what you're gonna notice through different pictures there uh, with the colored pictures that show you the teeth, you're gonna notice one, obviously the teeth are getting more stained, but also you're gonna notice the gum tissue is becoming more red, more inflamed, more puffy. Uh, and you're gonna also notice how the gum tissue is receding off the teeth. You'll start to notice how the yellow portions of the tooth at the base of them are getting exposed. That's not discoloration, that's just the root of the tooth getting exposed because as I was talking about before, gum and bone tissue are dropping down. So you're exposing more of the tooth that used to be covered by the ground, if you will, okay? And you can jump over to the next slide. And this next slide here just kind of goes over, again, some of those spots that I was talking about before, just things uh, that can be uh, connected to having poor gum disease or poor periodontal uh, disease, okay, which are osteoporosis, stroke, uh, Alzheimer's, and dementia, which obviously we know is very prevalent in many of these communities, cancer, respiratory diseases, heart diseases, diabetes, and rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, you can jump over to the next one. Uh, uh, and just uh, quickly going back uh, over some of these other uh, oral health issues uh, that we were just talking about on the previous slide. So arthritis, increased difficulty in brushing, flossing, and maintaining oral health. Uh, as we age, it becomes more difficult for us to hold a toothbrush. So a lot of times you'll see, uh, if you walk through uh, senior living facilities, toothbrushes that have tennis balls on the end of them. That is because someone has advised them to give their loved one a toothbrush on the end of it. Having something that's got a thicker handle to it will make it easier for patients to hold things, okay? Um, other things that will impact our oral health because we're aging, as our, imp as our uh, memory uh, is decreasing, we may forget to you know, brush our teeth. We may forget to be eating some of our food, which is creating, uh, going back to my first slide about uh, our, our hormones and our cognitive impairment, it's impairing our cognitive abilities. So if we're not getting good nutrition, then we're forgetting to brush our teeth and so on and so on. The abdominals start to fall. 
Um, again, we talked about xerostomia. If you have a dry mouth, you're going to have an increased rate of cavities. And the other big thing is that for those patients that are wearing dentures, if you have a really dry mouth, one of the biggest problems that you have is your dentures won't stay in place because part of what allows us to keep our dentures in place, not only is the anatomy of the bone and the gum tissue that we were you know, putting this denture on top of, but it's also the constant contact between fluid on the gum tissue and the underside of our denture, okay? Um, other health issues, obviously, that are gonna be coming into play with the geriatric population are, which we talked about, our bone loss, loss of taste, and then a decreased mobility, which impacts our ability to get to the dentist, period, okay? Uh, my last slide here is just a few tips and tricks, which I started to kind of go over before, but a large handle brush uh, or the use of a tennis ball, it just improves the dexterity. It makes it a little bit easier for them. Um, people ask me this all the time, but uh, if your, your loved one, whoever it is, is willing to use an electric toothbrush, we can go back to Alec about this all day long, but there's no question that an electric toothbrush is going to do a better job than a manual toothbrush. Even myself, the best dentist in the entire world, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. They cannot brush their teeth as effectively with a manual toothbrush as well as they can with an electric one. It's just not possible. Um, some other things that work well, again, uh, if you use a water pick at home, they can be a little bit messy and they can be a little bit powerful. It's, uh, if you're not familiar with what a water pick is, it's basically like a power washer or a power hose uh, to spray between your teeth. I don't wanna say instead of flossing, but uh, I think in the senior living uh, population, a lot of people use it instead of flossing because the dexterity of flossing becomes difficult and it's hard for someone else to floss your teeth. So I think a lot of people use the water pick as a uh, way to do something as opposed to nothing. Um, but a water pick can be a great way uh, to floss someone's uh, a loved one's teeth because it has a handle that you're able to kind of uh, put into their mouth and kind of angle at different spots that you need to, okay? Um, other things, providing short, simple instructions that are broken down into steps will help them actually accomplish those goals a little bit easier. Um, using a watch me technique, meaning that you show them exactly how to do the brushing or how to do the flossing, and then allow them to do it. If you're getting, that's more for someone who's, you're getting resistance uh, that they don't want you to brush or they don't want you to floss. At least that way, if you're working with them as far as how to brush and how to floss, you're at least seeing that they're getting it done. Maybe it's going to take you a little bit longer, but if you got the time, that at least is something that will work, okay? One of the other big hurdles uh, for geriatric or uh, senior living uh, patients is that uh, the amount of time, obviously we are talking with Alec about brushing for two minutes. And I think the general population, it's great if we can all brush for two minutes, but I think most patients in a senior living facility, I would love if they were brushing for two minutes, but if the time is too much for them to be brushing and they just are impatient with it, if they're only going to brush for 30 seconds, that's okay. But if they brush for 30 seconds, four times a day, that's still two minutes. And I'm okay with that. Um, other things that will help, uh, non-alcohol based mouth rinses. Um, those are just important because the alcohol, nobody really likes the alcohol in mouth rinses. And if you can use a mouth rinse that has fluoride, again, any fluoride that's getting in your water or otherwise, that's going to prevent cavities, even if our teeth are, you know, pretty dirty. All right. Um, other things that are going to be obviously important are regular dental checkups, uh, creating rep uh, repeatable routines, um, giving patients stress balls or other aids to help anxiety and tremors as we're doing dental treatments. And the other things that sometimes work well, uh, if you're having patients that are having difficulties staying open or otherwise, you can use mouth props as you're trying to brush their teeth. Okay. And you can pop over to the next one. Okay, sorry. I'm, uh, sorry. Uh, go back one slide. 
I'm looking at the slides on mine. I'm getting confused Sorry about that. Um, the last thing I wanted to just kind of go over, I know there are a lot of patients with dentures uh, in the senior living community. So I thought it'd be a good thing to just kind of go over how you're supposed to be cleaning uh, and otherwise your dentures, because it's very often that we get out into the community and dentures are either not being taken out, they're not being cleaned or otherwise. So really quickly, I just kind of want to go through when you have a parent, loved one, whoever it is that's wearing a set of dentures, those dentures should be taken out every single night. They should never sleep with their dentures for any reason. Think about your dentures, uh, like having a cut on your arm or something. It needs time to breathe. Otherwise, if you keep a wet rag on it for weeks at a time, you're going to get a fungal growth there. Your dentures are the same way. If your tissue under your dentures don't have time to breathe, you will get fungal growths up there that have to then be treated. So dentures come out every single night. And the dentures, when the dentures come out, should be brushed just like you would with natural teeth. The reason for that is Although dentures are, your denture teeth are not going to get cavities, so to speak, they will build up with food and calculus, just like your natural teeth would. And thus, we want to try and keep them clean. Okay. That was really it. Okay. Wow. I love it. Uh, what a, what a great overview. And we got a bunch of questions. Uh, I'm ready to answer. Here. So we will, let's uh, address these. Okay. Um, Elizabeth asked, how long does it take for periodontal disease to develop once the dry mouth begins? Sorry about the spelling on biotene. Obviously, uh, spelling. Oh, I got biotene in there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, spelling is not my forte in school. <laughs> you can tell. Um, anyways, um, as far as periodontal disease development, it, it's really hard for me to say. It's not just dry mouth when it comes to periodontal disease. Periodontal disease, think about it like. Um, like scaffolding. So what will happen is you will start to develop uh, plaque. Plaque turns into calculus after about 24 to 48 hours, okay? So plaque starts to build up, although you're brushing your teeth and you may remove everything that you see above the gum line. What happens with a lot of elderly patients is that that plaque starts to kind of build up or get dug underneath the gum tissue. Or if it's not getting brushed out, it builds up above the gum tissue. Then after about 24 to 48 hours, as it's kind of sitting there, starting to kind of harden up, it starts to build on each other. That's what I was getting towards as far as scaffolding. Calculus builds on top of each other and then causes an inflammatory reaction. The inflammatory reaction is what actually is causing periodontal, periodontal disease. Because what happens is your gum tissues are getting puffy, blowing up, and then you're getting what's called uh, periodontal pockets. That allows even more food to develop and pack into them. And then the ligaments that are going down the side of the teeth that connect the tooth and the bone together build up with more calculus, they can't connect to the tooth, those pockets get even bigger and bigger and bigger, and you end up with this you know, advanced periodontal disease. So as far as the progression, how long, uh, it's hard for me to say, but in, uh, in my opinion, in an assisted living facility or a senior living facility, whatever kind it is, I think the hardest or biggest hurdle that we run into is the lack of brushing that is going on uh, in these facilities. And that's kind of one of the things that I really wanted to point out about Alex, Alex's, Alex's uh, invention here is that it's a slippery slope, what I'm about to say, because uh, you're then putting the facilities, uh, I think, on edge, quite honestly. Um, but there are a lot of patients that we see on a regular basis who I quite honestly don't even think an aide or otherwise ever attempts to brush their teeth. Uh, and if you have Alex's uh, device on their toothbrush, 
then you have a pretty good way of knowing whether or not their tooth, teeth were brushed that day or not. And you're sitting at home and you know whether the money you're spending to put your loved one in this facility is really actually going to what it's supposed to be going toward. I, I love now, it. I understand why that's a slippery slope no, there. No. Uh, and I fully am, you know, I'm not putting that off, but uh, I, I see very, very clearly how uh, beneficial this invention could be specifically for our population. So Dr. Dubin, let me, I'll, I'm going to take advantage and I appreciate the, the chance. Um, um, uh, you know, we've, we've, we're actually in active conversations with a number of assisted living care facilities um, really to help. Uh, and what I mean by this is a couple of different things. First and foremost, with our device, because it is so easy to use and because it can be used on any toothbrush, uh, first and foremost, what we do and we offer is an opportunity for facilities to help their residents continue providing their own care uh, better uh, for longer. And not only does that have the physical health benefits, but also the emotional health benefits as well. At the same time, with our device um, and really with our kind of suite of professional portals uh, and APIs, we're able to help a facility better identify which ones are the residents that are able and that are actively engaging in delivering their own self-care, preventative self-care, and which ones are the ones that maybe just need a little bit of extra help. Sometimes that extra help is just the kind of push notification reminders, um, push notifications that are sent to any phone that just say things like, hey, don't forget to brush, it's 9 p.m., no brushing event has been detected, um, you know, don't forget. And sometimes those notifications can be automatically created so that they alert the aid staff, hey, this morning, Seth, uh, Jacqueline, and Steve have already brushed, but resident Alec has not yet. That's where the aide needs to actually focus his or her attention, because at the end of the day, you know, we've all got you know, so much more work than we actually need to get done. Truthbrush is a way to more efficiently allocate the time and efforts uh, of the, that caregiving team. And, and you know, one of the things uh, that, a lot of the folks that are moving into a senior living community, thank goodness they made that move. My gut level feeling is the period of time in sort of navigating that move there where they could be alone and isolated at home is where really the, the problem could have started, um, especially if we've got memory impairment. And and we've got a bunch of other questions, but Dr. Dubin, um, I imagine that uh, uh, a client that has memory impairment, dementia, Alzheimer's, what have you, th these are probably some of your most challenging clients that you're serving. Uh, any insights on those? There's no question. I mean, what, what Alex said before, I, I think is absolutely genius. I think this is a home run for the geriatric population. I think if he's able to get into facilities, and get them to support the way that he's trying to, uh, going from the angle that I think he's going at, I think is a very smart one. The reason why I said what I said is I think you get pushback from some of the aides specifically that think you're coming at it from a, uh, you're doing something wrong and it's not meant that way. It's constructive criticism. We're trying to make everybody's job, like Alex said, easier, more efficient. Um, but I think sometimes it doesn't always come off that way. But anyways, um, yes, the geriatric population, uh, the dementia, um, segment of that population is definitely a very uh, difficult population. That's why I gave you some of the tips and tricks there, because 
one of the things that you're running to is, is a refusal. Uh, I say this very lightly and I don't mean, I'm going to say this again, I do not mean that they are children, but a lot of dementia patients behave or start to behave like or akin to what they used to behave like children, okay? Uh, and what I mean by that is refusal to want to be in a dental chair, refusal to want to open their mouth. Uh, and if you've been with pediatric patients before, that's some of the same things you experience with them. So those are some of the biggest hurdles that we really kind of run into. Obviously, the forgetting the brush or not willing to let, you know, one of the aides or nurses or whatever else brush is definitely a, a hurdle. But, you know, just really being able to get in their mouth and look around and even get started with the process can be one of the biggest problems with dementia patients specifically because, you know, I've had patients that, you know, they'll, they'll just say absolutely not. And they're asking for their mom or dad right away. So those can be definitely big hurdles. We say the same thing to every family whenever we're going out. We will try as many times as you want us to pretty much, okay, uh, within reason, obviously. But um, we're willing to understand that some days are just not the right day for that patient. That's the other thing you have to understand about dementia is that there are good days and there are bad days. And some days are just better. Sometimes it's the morning versus the evening. So we try and work with everybody as far as, you know, what the schedule works looks like and how, you know, we can best accomplish, you know, the cleaning and exam like we want to. I love it. All right. Um, and, and again, it speaks to, you know, uh, a practice like District Mobile Dental that's used to working with uh, patients like this. The advantages is, is that, you know, even though you're bringing mom into the dentist that she may have been using for the last 20 years, uh, you, you, they may not be as used to sort of the behavior issues and motivation issues. So, um, all right, let's get back to some of the questions here. We got Nancy who says, can you speak to the possible bone loss in patients who think who have osteosporosis or are taking bisophosphates? So uh, patients that have bisphosphonates, the, the biggest thing, as far as when you have osteoporosis, as long as you're doing a good job keeping up with your cleanings and keeping up with your, uh, keeping periodontal disease away, you are at a uh, disadvantage, so to speak, but you shouldn't be losing bone around your teeth at a greater rate or at a worse rate at as, as opposed to you or I, uh, just because you have osteoporosis. Your teeth should still be maintaining most bone around them. It should not be degrading at a you know much advanced level. Okay, great. All right. Uh, if and when there is a dental need for tooth extraction, should all dentists know about the side effects of biophosphates? Okay. Uh, yes. We are learning that many primary care physicians prescribe biophosphate medications for osteoporosis. Gosh, lots of questions about the biophosphates. So, so I'll just touch on that really quickly. The problem that happens, and which is probably why this, some people are asking about this, but the problem with bisphosphonate treatment is that you can, when you have an extraction or an excessive surgery type of procedure, on your uh, bone when you're on bisphosphonates, you can end up getting what's called radionecrosis of the jaw or bone. What that basically means is that the bone, uh, for lack of a better term, loses supply uh, of blood. So you end up getting uh, death of the bone for, again, lack of a better term, trying not to get too scientific here, but uh, the bone basically dies off and the bone just kind of gets eaten away. So 
it can be very problematic. I mean, you can have end up having to lose your jaw. I mean, there can be serious, serious consequences of having extractions or implants placed while you're on bisphosphonate treatment. Usually what will happen if you need an extraction while you're on bisphosphonates, the doctor will stop you for a length of time and they will determine when it's a safe point at which to do the, the extraction. They also may say this extraction is not worth doing. It's more important for you to be on the bisphosphonates. We will treat the extraction as you know needed. If it's not infected, we'll leave it alone and we'll monitor it. If it's infected, then you know, we'll figure something else out. So I think you would speak to the oral surgeon or whoever's doing the treatment first. But yes, it's, it's obviously very important to let your doctor know that you're on bisphosphonates before having any kind of dental surgeries done. Okay, great. Now, here's a specific question about district mobile dental and your mobile dentist practices. What equipment is mobile and what dental work is possible in a mobile unit and what isn't? So what I say to most people is it's the same exact thing as going to a dental office. It's just we have to set up the dental office around you first. Um, but we can bring in, we have about a, a unit that's the size of like a rolling suitcase. Uh, and it has everything that we would need in a dental chair to be able to drill, suction, uh, spray water, do all those kinds of things. We have uh, ability to do crowns, bridges. We really try and do just about everything that we can on the road, except for the extractions, like I mentioned earlier. And most of what that comes down to is that it's just not safe. Great. Okay. And Annette asks, uh, do you recommend the brushed on fluoride treatment for older adults? Yes. Uh, so this is something that has never made sense to me throughout uh, dentistry, my schooling or otherwise. When you are a child uh, or you know an, an adolescent, you're you know 14, 15, 16, whatever it is, you have your adult teeth at that point. You're still getting fluoride on your teeth when you go to the dentist every day. And the reason for that is because you're a minor and because the insurance company is paying for it. And then what happens at 18, you have the exact same teeth in your mouth, but the insurance company says, nah, actually, I'm not gonna pay for this anymore. So instead, the dentist looks at you and says, hey, do you want to have this fluoride on your teeth? It's an extra 25 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it is. And you're going to look at him and you're going to say, nah, it doesn't really seem that worth it. But really, it is extremely worth it. The only reason we are not putting the fluoride on those teeth is because of $25. And it's crazy how much stuff you could prevent if we just got insurance companies or got people to be willing to pay the 25 bucks for the fluoride at the end of the appointment. Cause it's, it makes no sense that we do it on 14, 15, 16 year olds, but we don't do it on adults. Wow. Yeah. The insurance companies definitely dictate a lot. Look, of that's, that's the same reason you have two cleanings a year. If you look back through the history of how dental stuff all came about, the only reason you get two cleanings every single year is because that's what an insurance company told you. But the truth is some people need a cleaning every three months. Some people need it every six huh. months or every year. You know, and in a geriatric setting, in my opinion, you should really have your teeth cleaned every month, if not more often. So. Wow. Okay. Um, Carrie says, my mother just broke her dentures. Do regular family dentists make dentures or what kind of dental specialist should I go to to make new ones for her? A general, any general dentist should be able to, to be able to go do them. Okay, great. Um, let's see, uh, Robin says, are you willing to come to a senior property or a senior center to do an in-service or a clinic to edu educate the seniors in that setting? Uh, and I'm assuming this would be out in the DC metro area. 
we 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 are always willing to do those presentations. We do a presentation that's very similar to this, where we kind of come in, we present to the community, and then if anybody wants to sign up and become patients and whatever else, we we kind of take it from there. Okay, great, um, Jacqueline. If you want to drop your contact info in uh, to chat, uh, then Robin and other folks can. Uh, reach out to you there. Sure, yeah. um, and we'll actually be creating um, a video similar to our presentations um, because Dr. Dubin's time is becoming less and less available so that we can offer um, communities and families a way to see all the things that we're discussing today without it being live. Okay, great. Um, okay, uh, Annette asks about tr Truthbrush, and I've wondered this as well, is how does Truthbrush perceive and transmit what tooth is being brushed? Whoops, uh, unmute there, Alex. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, great question. So toothbrush um, essentially works just like a Fitbit. So if you remember maybe 10, 15 years ago when people started first using these activity trackers uh, on our wrist and it would count our steps, toothbrush on the inside has a nine access motion sensor that really tracks kind of the X, Y, Z displacement. Um, when you attach the toothbrush device to your toothbrush, essentially you wanna make sure that it stays immobilized uh, or securely connected to the toothbrush. And what we're doing is we're mapping your brushing strokes, effectively able to, to track, again, brushing frequency, uh, brushing duration, uh, the mouth coverage, um, including the, the brushing strokes themselves, and then offer the tips and feedback on, on what you can do to improve. Excellent. Okay. Um, Elizabeth says, is it true that cavities have increased because people are drinking bottled water instead of tap water and bottled water isn't fluorided? So I look, do I have any research off the top of my head that's going to definitely say that? No, but yes, that one and two are going to make sense to me. If you look back through history, when they actually started adding fluoride to uh, water in different communities, the amount of childhood caries that we saw in the entire country across the board went through the floor. So it was no question that having fluoride in our water and not drinking just water water is going to prevent your cavities. So no question. Okay. Now uh, we've got a, a question on that's around dental bridges and loss of individual teeth. The dentist did not explain and, and that patients that bridges only last a certain amount of time and then they need to be replaced because some dental bridges fall apart. Uh, maybe- All, all dental bridges fall apart. Uh, okay. Um, so- when we get uh, the look, I'm a I'm a younger dentist, uh, so this may just be a you know difference of time. Bridges are a thing of the past, in my opinion. Um, I think there's a time when bridges can be used and they're okay, but I think for most patients under the age of 65, at least, uh, the idea of doing a bridge makes no sense because most bridges have to get replaced within about a 10 year span, because what happens is a bridge is when you have crowns on both sides with a fake crown connected. So you can't floss between any of those teeth. So when you can't floss, what happens is you're supposed to take a piece of floss, thread it underneath the bridge and then clean that way. Well, this is just like your brand new car. You might take your brand new car home for six months, wash it every single day or once a week, and you love that car and you keep it really clean. 
your bridge is the exact same way. You're going to go home and you're going to clean it for about six months and then you're going to stop caring about it and you're going to get cavities on it in about five years. And then your dentist is going to look at you and say, this dent, this bridge is no longer any good. We need to replace it. So uh, the goal really should be if the teeth on the adjacent sides of the bridges are not in bad shape and don't need any work, my suggestion is always to just do a single unit implant as opposed to doing a bridge. That being said, there are situations when an implant's not possible, there's not enough bone, whatever it may be. Uh, so bridges are still you know, a thing, but most patients, uh, if you're replacing, if you think about it, replacing a bridge every 10 years, even if it's every 20 years, if you're 40 years old and, you're and you get a bridge, you're gonna then replace that bridge at 60, you're gonna then replace that bridge at 80. You could have paid for the implant already. So that's why I think most people end up choosing the bridge because it's cheaper. But if you look at the money in the long run, the implant's gonna be cheap, it's gonna be cheaper. And the other thing is that the implant is meant to last for life. It's a rod or a you know a stake that is stuck in the ground, so to speak. So okay, great. Um, mm -hmm. lots of people talked about using biotine. Uh Deborah says my tooth bones are shown in my sinus cavity as the doctor found out, I was told this is very rare. So I saw that question. I don't really know what okay. that question is pertaining <laughs> to, if I'm being honest, so I'm not really sure. Okay. Uh, my, my guess would be that she maybe has something called supernumerary teeth, which are just extra floating teeth that kind of come about sometimes, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, hey, Steve, there's a question in the chat that was about, can Truthbrush accurately um, accompany or monitor or track uh, brushing behavior if the brushing is done by a caregiver. So this kind of links back to the conversation we were having about, um, you know, one, a toothbrush can actually help the delivery of oral care, preventative oral care to be done by it, not only the user, him or herself, but also by a caregiver. So like a health aid and an assisted living care facility. Uh, and in reality, even at toothbrush, we are in active conversations with the development of a protocol to help uh, deliver preventative oral care in hospital situations as well. Uh, really, it's all about helping avoid incidences of hospital-acquired pneumonia. Again, really through just the better management of the bacterial load in the oral cavity. Uh, equally of interest in the assisted living care facility, you know, helping uh, people avoid or assisted living care facilities avoid nursing home-acquired pneumonia. Excellent. And, and Ruth has a question, how can I order the Truthbrush? I live on the West Coast. I, I put the website in chat. You can order the Truthbrush anywhere. Uh, District Mobile Dental is a mobile dentist practice only in the DC metro region, though. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. Uh, I saw a pretty cool question about, uh, well, uh, Annette asked, what type of toothpaste for older adults would you recommend? Sodium versus stannous fluoride? Does it make a difference for cavities with this population? It shouldn't really. Um, as long as there's fluoride in the toothpaste, I, I don't really think it should matter. Okay, great. And then Elizabeth says, I always thought a hard toothbrush would work better at cleaning than soft. It wasn't until I was around 50 that I learned from my dentist that soft was better. Is there a, a universal hard versus soft? Uh, I, I, I would defer, I think to Alec on this one, but I think most people would say a soft toothbrush, but I think a lot of the hard toothbrush stuff that used to come about was, uh, 
also in relation to what are called abstraction lesions, or there are these small little almost indentations that occur towards the gum line uh, of your tooth. I think you'd have to be brushing insanely hard to create those. I think a lot of, in my opinion, what that really comes from is from grinding your teeth, uh, not from brushing your teeth excessively hard. I just don't see how a toothbrush is possible to do that, but. So I can add the American Dental Association would recommend a soft or ultra soft bristle toothbrush that's flat trim. Um, and then I'll just take advantage of Seth's comment, but most importantly, it's about using that brush, you know, twice a day for two minutes. I love it. And just one other thing I want to add, um, is the replacement of your toothbrush every three months, or if you're sick, very, very important. Do not put that toothbrush back in your mouth. Once you're over your cold or whatever it is, throw the toothbrush out, get a new toothbrush or toothbrush head if you're using an electric. And the cool thing about the Truthbrush app is it knows how long you've been using that toothbrush. So it sends you a reminder to replace your bristles or get a new toothbrush. So that's one of the features of your app, Alec, that I really love. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, this could be a rabbit hole question, Dr. Dubin and, and Jacqueline, but Dixie, who always has great questions when she's on these discussions, is how can we protect our elder patients from dental over-treatment. I have clients who have paid 75 to 100K for dental care, not covered by Medicare. When, when is less more, especially for clients in their mid-90s, I fully recognize that we need to promote optimal dental care, but there are affordability issues with some of the older adults. Any thoughts on that? I think uh, um, one of the great things that Dr. Dubin is so good at is accounting for all those factors. It is not just about you or I going to the dentist and what we're seeing in the mouth. It's how old we are, the other medical conditions that are going on, the oral home care, um, all of those things. And he's really great in discussing those things with the family, with the caregivers, so that everyone is really involved in making the best decision for the patient. Great. Um... Okay, let's see. I, I know it's one o'clock, folks. This is recorded. We'll try to get through a few more questions. I think I'm going to have you all back on again at some point because this has been a great discussion. Um, Judith says, how about people with, uh, uh, let's see, do, do, okay, you talked about the dentures. Okay, we got that one. Um, uh, what can be done about, I think, recession? I think um, that's, the the recession of your gums anything that can be done when that so you're not really you're not really going to get recession to come back um but the best method really depends if you're already at a point of having periodontal disease you have calculus that needs to be cleaned out the first step is doing what's called deep cleanings or a scaling appointment okay you clean everything out and then from there the most important part about preventing periodontal disease or bone loss or anything else that's associated with it is flossing, keeping the uh, uh, interproximal or the areas between your teeth clean um, and coming in for your regular checkups. Okay, great. Um, Robert has a question about Listerine purple. The instructions say rinse for a minute and no eating or drinking or rinsing for 30 minutes. Is this entirely safe for a mouth rinse to linger in the mouth for 30 minutes? So I believe that Listerine Purple has fluoride in it. I think so. And I think that's probably why they have the 30 minute limit on there. 
uh, is because technically when fluoride is applied to your teeth, you're supposed to wait 30 minutes. So yes, it's safe. There's nothing that's you know doing any harm to you. Some of the other mouth rinses will tell you to wait. I want to say it's like 30 seconds or a minute. Uh, and what that's really doing is they're trying to use uh, whether it's alcohol or other ingredients in there to kill bacteria before the water rinses it away, basically. Okay, this is an awesome question here. My mother used to take excellent care of her teeth from Martha. Now she often forgets to care for her teeth. She does not like help for the self-care. Can chewing gum or, uh, eat, or, or I think you had said before, if she can brush once a day, it's better than not brushing at all. But is there some things that we can do like chewing gum that might, help a little bit? So uh, the only, no gums helping keep your teeth healthier, really, in my opinion, but you can use sugar-free gums that are better than the sugar, you know, filled okay. gums are. Um, I'm blanking on the name of the one that's very popular, but um, any of the sugar-free gums are going to be better than, than the other ones, but no, I, brushing is really the only thing, mechanical brushing is the only thing that's going to remove the food. That's the biggest, hurt, one of the biggest hurdles I think that we run into is the actual removal of food from patient's mouth. There are so many patients that we run into that, whether it's that they just can't sportfully spit a lot of that food out, they're not able to really rinse their mouth the same way that they once were, it's the actual amount of food that's just kind of left behind that Maybe they brushed, maybe they didn't, but it's just kind of getting moved from one side to the other. Great. And Dixie says, I've used District Mobile Dental for homebound clients with dementia and uh, really appreciates your services. So that's great to, to We appreciate that. Thank you very much, Dixie. Okay. Uh, let's see. The, I'm going to close on this one. For those uncomfortable with fluoride, what about alternative options like nanohydra appetite? Uh, yeah. Uh, any. Any thoughts on that? Fluoride is the most researched material that's going to have the best efficacy. Uh, I think there are a lot of other products out there uh, that will do a good job, but I think if you want the best results, then I think you should stick with fluoride products. I love it. What a great discussion. We, we've got this recorded. I'm going to have all of the contact information for our programs. Uh, Dr. Dubin, is it okay if I share your slide deck on the recording link too? Absolutely. Uh, this this has been a great discussion. Uh, thank all of you all, but but thank what a community we have. I mean, I I never know what questions are going to come out, but you all uh, threw out some amazing questions, and um, uh, we will definitely do this again. Uh, but I'll share those links. Any last sort of words of wisdom that anybody wants to to share? I just wanted to say thank you guys for the opportunity and I hope everybody has a nice rest of the day and a good summer if I don't see you before that. All right. And folks, thanks so much, everyone. Yeah. And Alec, thanks for this invention because my oral health is a lot better these days, but I can see where if we can get these into communities uh, and get dentists, you know, prescribing this after their, their, uh, they meet with their patients, I think it could really change uh, the oral health. And, and that's really the age-old adage of uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of cure. And, um, you know, we think together uh, with users, uh, partnering with uh, uh, fantastic dentists and hygienists, we're really able to help people, you know, have a, a great oral health and overall health. All right. I love it. Everybody have a great day and a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.